Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by Belief, Ray. Nobody believes in us right now. Nobody believes in us except the 49er faithful. And that's how it's supposed to be. Because that's what we do, right? We're faithful. But here we are, rolling on a two-game win streak, two dominating wins. As we mentioned in our previous episodes this week, made up of a ragtag group on offense, of, of second, third stringers, four stringers, backups, people we've never even heard of, uh, even guys on defense. But lo and behold, they're stepping up. And they're making it happen. And they're holding us down long enough so that our starters can come back and we can get ready for the gauntlet too. So this episode is about the faithful and about the people who actually believe. That's what this episode's about. Now, Rain, before we get started, why don't you let them know? Where can they find us? You can follow us on Twitter at the underscore Goldcast or on IG at the Goldcast. And you can also subscribe to us on YouTube, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, all under the same moniker of the Goldcast. Like, subscribe, and comment because we certainly want to get your feedback. And we love to hear from you, especially considering all of the optimism floating around the 49ers after their big win over the New York Giants this past Sunday. They have a slightly harder test with the Philadelphia Eagles, who come in with a little bit of problems, just like the latter two teams, albeit a lot less, and a much more capable quarterback than either of those two teams. So that is a very interesting matchup in and of itself, and we want to get your feedback. So... Shout out in the comment section and let us know what your thoughts are on this upcoming exciting matchup for the 49ers as they travel back to home to face the Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. This is our preview episode. We're actually recording this on Monday, September 28th, minutes after we just recorded our uh, recap of the 49ers and Giants game of week three. So when you hear this, if there is news of players returning and it has not been updated in this podcast. It's simply because we are recording on Monday. So if anything comes out on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, it will not be in this episode. So make just let that be part of your reflection as you watch this episode. Right, meaning the injury report that we normally do on Thursday night, preview night, will not be the case in this week's preview. Um, but um, we're still going to look at uh, what the teams look like as of, this, as, of, as of today. Absolutely. Here we go. The greatest fanalist in the game. He's in the building. Your professor of fanalism. I'm here too. Classes in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host. Rudy Cease the third, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom. Raymond, here we are. The weeks just keep rolling. Week four is here. Back at home. A much tougher opponent, as you already said in the intro. The Philadelphia Eagles are coming to San Francisco to face the 49ers. We've had some great matchups in the last 10 years against them. And I expect this one to be probably our most competitive game since Arizona. Uh, the Eagles are coming in, as you mentioned, with a host of injuries, a host of problems, uh, really struggling. They are 0-2 with a tie. The Niners come into this game at 2-1 uh, and 1 
and here we go. So let's see what happens. Let's go through, Raymond, just kind of to give you a preview of everything that's happened. So right now, depending on where you go, on FanDuel, they have us listed on Monday, September 28th, as the 49ers are three and a half favorites. But if you go to Vegas, uh, Vegas odds, most of us have us listed at six and a half favorites. So clearly there's a little bit of difference there between some of the betting odds. But let's take a look right now. Philadelphia is averaging about 18 points per game this season. They're surrendering 32 points per game this season. The Niners are averaging 25.5 points per game this season and surrendering 18.5. So clearly a pretty big difference there. Uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles have really struggled in offense to get things going, and the Niners uh, are doing well. But the problem, of course, is the big elephant in the room is the host of injuries. Richard Sherman's out. Nick Bosa's out for the year. Salman Thomas is out for the year. Jimmy G is out indefinitely. Debo Samuels, we're going to talk about it, may or may not be in the back of the lineup. It looks like he's going to be back in the lineup. George Kittle may or may not be back in the lineup. We're not entirely sure. So it's a little bit up in the air. This team is led this week by Nick Mullins, who did excellent uh, throwing over 350 yards over on Sunday, one touchdown, zero interceptions, very serviceable, excellent gameplay from him. Brandon Ayuk, we're seeing the rise of Brandon Ayuk. Jordan Reed went down, but in his in his in his place, Ross Dwelly came in and stepped in and played very well. Kyle Juszczyk, his normal dominant self. Uh, so we've got weapons here. The defensive side. Outside of Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas and Richard Sherman, you've seen a lot of players step up. Hyder, as you've been talking about, uh, has played dominantly, played very well. We're seeing a lot of uh, the the secondary playing excellent. Mostly was out. Do we know if Mostly is going to be back in, Raymond? Has that come out yet as of Monday? I want to ask that question real fast before we go even move on a little further. Good chance he shows up there. I don't. Obviously, we're recording this on Monday, and as I said before, the injury report. We don't have we don't even have Monday's report right now, unfortunately. Um, normally, when we do this, we at least have four days worth of uh, practice results here, but a little bit different this week, uh, nonetheless. But uh, either way, uh, Mosley did not sustain a long-term injury. That was probably he's probably on the short-term list. I would expect he would be back this week. If not, then expect to see more Jason Verrett, Dante Johnson, who are third-string cornerbacks right now, but played great against uh, a, a albeit. A, a moderately talented wide receiver core in the Giants. They just don't necessarily have the quarterback to get them the ball that they used to have with Eli Manning. But uh, still some capable guys there. Um, they'll be facing, in my opinion, similar talent in Philadelphia in terms of the wide receivers. So moderate, um, not, no pro bowlers uh, as far as I know. Uh, at least, uh, does Deshaun Jackson still play for them? No, he doesn't. Um but um, but you know this is a this is a different Eagles team. But yeah, so we know who's not going to play. We know Tevin Coleman's not playing. We know D Ford's not going to play. We know Jimmy's most likely not going to play. We know Drake Greenlaw's probably not going to play. Now Deshaun Jackson Mostert. still plays for him. It it looks like uh, he's oh he's back with them because I know he switched teams. Yeah, he's got actually hamstring issues and uh, he's questionable because he didn't. I don't think he played this past Sunday. 
Uh, we know Raheem Mostert's obviously going to be out, and uh, and we know it's going to be the Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson Jr. show in the running back, and maybe even a little uh, hasty there, the fourth, fifth string quarterback or uh, running back that we saw. Had a couple little flashes on Sunday. Sunday. Little, couple, couple he. He caught a couple passes and he ran a couple, or he, I'm sorry, he got targeted a couple times and he got a couple touches uh, out of the running game. So nice to see there. Akella Witherspoon was obviously dealing with some issues. We'll, he'll probably be back. So we'll be dealing with, you know, we'll have a couple of first string cornerbacks in there, first, second string. If not, then, you know, expect to see more Jason Verrett, who played great this past Sunday. I wouldn't be too concerned if he was in there. Dante Johnson's definitely a liability, in my opinion. That's a Trent Balky pick from back in the day. Love his specs. Love the measurements of Dante Johnson. Just never really, you know, first-string starter talent. Kind of a guy you like, a uh, special teamer is, is how I would describe him. But George Kittle... 50-50% chance he plays. Debo Samuel, 50-50% chance that he plays. That's who I've got uh, on the picture here with me today. That's Debo Samuel. So he posted some optimism on his IG account recently. So we'll see if that translates to him getting on the field. We know that Kyle Shanahan did confirm or, I guess, uh, anticipated speculative, speculatively that Debo should be back um, in practice on Wednesday. So if that ends up being true, We'll have to see if he's limited or full participant. I imagine he's going to be limited on Wednesday. We'll see how that works out for Thursday and Friday. Um, so Thursday and Friday are really the practice days we want to be focusing on for Debo Samuel's return. If we see an FP in the injury report, which stands for full participant, then I think you can definitely count him in uh, against on Sunday's contest against Philadelphia, which would make things very difficult for the Philadelphia defense, who actually does pretty good against the run. So I expect them to trying to make us one-dimensional, forcing Nick Mullins to beat us. We saw some of that this past Sunday as the New York Giants actually did a really good job of bottling up the running game, only 50 yards on the ground total by everyone who participated in the running game this past Sunday. So if we get some more of that from Philadelphia in week four, then expect Nick Mullins to air it out the same way he aired it out this past Sunday. Clearly, it didn't bother Nick Mullins. Clearly, it didn't hamstring the 49ers offense. We just kept chugging along uh, nicely. So if Philadelphia decides to go with that same game plan, I think we can all feel rest assured that the Niners are capable of being a one-dimensional team or you know, or just a kind of lopsided team, meaning they're going to have to pass more than they rush. So I'm not really afraid of that, at least not against this team. It'll be a different story about three weeks from now. But uh, that said, I think, uh, you know, I'm not sure. Eagles are dealing with some injuries. I know they've got some injuries there. You mentioned Deshaun Jackson's been dealing with a hamstring. Um, Carson Wentz, you know, he's really the, the one X factor for that team that I would look to that could give this team some trouble. But so far, I think these teams are as healthy as they're going to be heading into Sunday's contest. This is, I think, an excellent test after the Jets and the Giants. It's a step up. Um, if Miami if Miami can maintain the, the, the hot streak that they're on, that'll be the next step up, and then the Rams will be the next step up. So this really what I look at when I see the next three weeks, I see this as the next jumping point on in the natural evolution of what's going to get to become a progressively more difficult season for the 49ers. And luckily, these recent games are giving us time to get our starters healthy and giving 
our backups and our depth much needed reps so that they can continue to develop and maintain that continuity going forward through what has been a uh, a, a roller coaster of a ride for this first first half of the season. Overall, like you, I'm very confident. I'm very confident in this team's ability to win this coming Sunday. I'm very confident in this ability, the ability of this team to keep it together and to follow whatever game plan Shanahan and Sala prepare and make it put us in a position to win. I think the Eagles, they're going to come in angry and hot at themselves, and they're going to come in wanting. Yes, to- especially they, they just tied the Cincinnati Bengals, so that gives you a little taste about what their where their mindset's going to be. This is a team that is definitely, as you put it, they're going to be coming in looking to reconcile with that. They're going to want to punch us in the mouth. They're going to want to try and take advantage of what they're going to believe to be a hobbled 49ers team. Now, obviously, they're going to see the tape. They're going to see what we've just done in the last two weeks. They're not going to take us slightly. But at the end of the day, the 49ers are a better team. We're a more complete team. We have a better coach. We have more depth. We have a better defense. And I believe we're going to win this game. What do you think? I think so, but I think uh, it's really going to start with me. Really, I think the Niners are going to have to do a better job against the run, and really force Carson Wentz to beat us with his arm. This is someone who threw 47 pass attempts last week against the Cincinnati Bengals, who do not have a very good roster, and he also threw two picks in that game. But the stat that really stood out to me was nine carries, 65 yards, one rushing touchdown, and 7.2-yard average on a rush from Carson Wentz alone. Miles Sanders added 95 yards to go on top of that 65 yards. So the Eagles' running game did very good last week against a mediocre Cincinnati Bengals defense. So against our defense, which is obviously much more bet, definitely a couple tiers up from Cincinnati, albeit dealing with a mixture of second and third stringers in there. You know, I think that's the, but we are vulnerable against the run and we are particularly vulnerable against mobile quarterbacks. So I expect Carson Wentz to also get somewhere around eight or 10 carries in this game to help keep uh, drives sustained. And it's going to be up to the Niners to really help close those gaps and contain him. I'd like to see them play something similar to what Kansas City did against Lamar Jackson tonight. They really didn't allow Lamar Jackson to play his game. They forced him to play from behind, which is not his strong suit. That means he's going to have to throw a, a lot more than he than he had to in Monday night's contest tonight. And Lamar Jackson really struggles to throw outside the numbers. He missed a lot of balls outside the numbers. His bread and butter is really between the hash marks, inside the numbers as they call it. And he was not able to do that because he was forced to play from behind which requires you know uh deep out routes on the edges there which are outside the numbers and it's just not his comfort zone but anyways that's uh, a different different teams different podcast you're gonna have to follow the black crows cast or if you're a kansas city chiefs fan you're gonna have to just find uh i don't the know tomahawk what cast the tomahawk cast the dances with wolves cast uh, it's called it's got a few different names the the geronimo cast although that one's a hybrid it also talks about native american history as it applies to geronimo uh, <laughs> in addition to the kansas city chiefs but uh but it's a very woke things, podcast that's a great part it's a woke podcast and it's that's a important. woke podcast absolutely so that that's the the key figure there but to but to, to make a long story just a little bit longer the <laughs> eagles rushing game is really what stands out to me 
on this team and also Zach Ertz. So I'm really curious to see how the matchup between him and Fred Warner turns out. I expect him to be on Fred Warner or Fred Warner to be on Zach Ertz. I also expect a lot of Kwan Williams and Zach Ertz matchups. Yeah, you know, Zach Zach Ertz does play uh, the slot position uh, part of the time that he's in the lineup. He can also play wide, but you typically see him coming out into the middle. That's Kwan Williams and Fred Warner territory. So I'm really curious to see how that matchup goes. I think they'll be able to handle him, even though Zach Ertz is a very capable receiver. He caught seven balls for 70 yards uh, out of 10 targets, so very efficient game from him last week. So that's going to be a nice matchup to see going into this game. But again, I think the Niners are ready for this. I think they're going to be at home. No more traveling. They were on the road. They handled the road beautifully as best as you can possibly handle, you know, the furthest you can travel within, you know, uh, an NFL season, which is San Francisco to New York. Um, Or, I mean, the second uh, other one would be, what, Miami to Seattle. Um, So, but I mean, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, there's going to be a lot of comfort being home, practicing at home, no travel time. You're mo- mo- there's a good chance you're going to get two big stars back this Sunday. If they do, great. If they don't, not worried. Like what I'm seeing out of Jarek McKinnon, Jeff Wilson, and Brandon Ayuk. Also love the efficiency out of Nick Mullins. He was absolute nails this past Sunday, so great performance by him. I expect a lot uh, same efficiency for him if he's ready to go. I doubt Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play. Um, you know, as long as Nick Mullins keeps doing well, they're going to keep Jimmy on the bench for his. They're going to keep him on the bench till week six, unless unless he's a hundred percent. Then absolutely, I I think uh, Jimmy could absolutely play, but I but I doubt that he's a hundred percent right now. So I doubt why it take too. that chance, even though the field's much better than the New York field. It's just why risk it. You know, week three seems to be the uh, the damned week if you're Jimmy Garoppolo in two seasons. Week three has put him on the bench, so we'll just have to see um, how the backups do. Um, but uh, there's a lot of confidence in the existing group that's there right now testament to Kyle Shanahan and his staff for keeping these guys ready and just being able to and John Lynch for finding talent that's able to kind of step up and excel within this very you know complicated system uh, on offense and defense Um, you know Kyle Shanahan's offense is much more complicated than Robert Sala's defense but Robert Sala's defense has gotten more complex as he's gotten better at coordinating we see a lot more exotic looks better coverage and we're also seeing a lot more blitz packages the, these past couple weeks to compensate. He's gotten very creative this year. Yes, to compensate for the uh, the injuries that we've sustained. Normally, you can ride out some of those guys in Robert Sala's system, but without those guys, I think you got to get creative. You definitely got to compensate, create some counterbalance. And the blitz packages was a perfect example of that, and it worked out pretty well for the most part. Even uh, Jimmy Ward was being brought in on some of those blitz packages. So nice to see the Iron Man getting involved there. Um, on the rush there. Normally, K1 Williams is used for a lot of those uh, those cornerback safety blitzes. Uh, same with uh, Jaquaski Tart. Jaquaski Tart's very good at that as well. Well, and just to give you just to give you an example, Raymond, you said earlier about how well we did on the road at those 10 a.m. games. We 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 earned 67 points and allowed 22. So basically, over 40 unanswered points. So, I mean, that just with with that's with losing Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, Jimmy G, uh, Raheem Mostert, George Kittle. Right. Played even better. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, honestly, Not like that we want to play like that every week, but uh, you know, it gives you confidence going into going into Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you a question, Raymond. Vegas has us at six and a half. FanDuel, fan, the FanDuel page that I pulled up, by the way, was actually posted on Sunday night. So I have a feeling if we if we were to pull up that page on Thursday, the numbers would be a little different. I don't think they were completely factoring in this this most recent game because 19 points is actually sounds a little bit higher. I bet we're closer around where uh, we're averaging about 15 points is what we're allowing. So I would say six and a half six and a half sounds good. What do this for me? And I want to hear what you believe the final score is going to be. But first, your favorite new segment: Who are the players that you want to see? on offense and defense, and who should the Gold Cast Empire keeping their eye out? Last week, remind everyone who you said last week because those were the exact players you ended up needing to watch and, and bring those up, and then I want to hear who you want to see this week. Mm, that's a tough one. But remind everyone who you, sa- who you said for last week against So them. last week, my players to watch on offense was Jarek McKinnon and Brandon Ayuk. And sure enough, they were, I think, you know, outside of Nick Mullins, you know, they're really kind of the two big catalysts. Uh, Brandon Ayuk led uh, the team in receiving last week, and Jarek McKinnon was the number one back coming out of the backfield. And so, and on defense, my eyes were on Eric Armstead, who didn't necessarily flash, and on Kerry Hyder Jr., who did flash quite a bit. Eight pressures, one sack. Uh, great job on him uh, last week. He's been doing excellent so far this week. Um, I think... Depending on who the cornerbacks are this coming week, if Jason Verrett's in there, I'd say keep your eyes on Jason Verrett. See what he does. You know, I, I like to mix things up here. And I'm actually going to go back to Eric Armstead on defense. I'd like to see him step up and get some get some better looks and get involved in the action the same way that some of his uh, supporting cast members were. So I'm going to go back to Eric Armstead on defense. But on, on but as far as the other player goes, I'm actually going to Put, throw Jason Verrett in there if he gets some plays. He's going to get playing time no matter what is what I believe. The question is, will he start in the absence of somebody else? Um, but uh, we'll just have to see because right now he looks better than Akella Witherspoon. So if he performs well in practice, he's most likely going to get the, the start there because we know Akella Witherspoon is kind of a wild card. So if he does well, sometimes he gets the nod. And if he's not doing so well, then whoever's playing better than him in practice gets the nod. So we'll just have to see that goes. And then on offense... You know, I'm going to actually, depending on, I don't know what the rib injury is going to look like for Jarek McKinnon going into this week, so I'm not sure what that's going to look like or what his status is going to be. I imagine he's going to play. You know, I think they were just being cautious with him. It was late in the game. They were blowing them out. They're like, hey, just rest. It's all good. They put Jeff Wilson Jr. in there. But I'm going to say look for some more Ross Dwelly in the passing game. And let's go back to Brandon Ayuk and see if he's able to do his thing. Remember, we don't know if Debo Samuel is going to play this week. And if he doesn't, then I think we can expect Brandon Ayuk to do another impression of Debo Samuel. And if that's the case, then I think that's going to be some pretty exciting stuff to see on the field. If Debo Samuel does play, then... I think uh, I think Debo Samuel's the one to watch because I think like, hey, let's see him get into the mix. Let's see him get back into the jet sweep uh, calls. Let's see him get back into those deep threat calls. Let's see him. Uh, let's see him get dialed up. 
So for the deep ball. So, but uh, but other than that, I'm going to go back to Brandon Ayuk. So I'm going to go back to another player, but I'm also going to mix it up and say this time instead of Jarek McKinnon, let's focus on Ross Dwelly. Ross, Ross Dwelly came in there after Jordan Reed and played great. He knew he's capable. He had two touchdowns in that big game that he covered for George Kittle last season. So we know he's got some he's got some moxie in him. You know, just like Garrett Selleck before I think he retired. Before he retired, we had the the, the saying was Selleck time. I don't know what Ross Dwelly's catchphrase is going to be going forward maybe think about that gold cast nation give us give us uh, throw something out there and uh but uh but dwelly dwelly i think is someone else to watch in the passing game i think he's going to get a lot of looks there he can create some matchup problems albeit not as explosive or dynamic as george kittle but certainly a perfectly serviceable and capable number two tight end there who's also involved i mean he struggled he really struggled in the blocking game last year remember when kyle Uschek went down ross dwelly was actually lined up at fullback at certain times and he just really kind of struggled kind of looked like just kind of looked lost like a deer in headlights uh where do i go who do i block but last sunday aside from the catching game we saw him do some great things in the blocking game too. So I don't know if you guys saw that. Pay close attention. Remember, Ross Dwelly is going to be doing more than just catching. I do expect to see him catch some balls and find the end zone here. I am hoping to see that. But at the same time, watch how he does in the blocking game. He's also improved that part of his game too. And that's something to be worth noted here because we know that Kyle Shannon really takes blocking very seriously, especially if you're not Kyle Juszczyk. If you're a receiver or a tight end, you've got to be blocking. That is, Remember, that is... George Kittle's that's a it's a tie for his number one job. His number one job is to receive, and his number one job also happens to be blocking. So if you are a tight end in a Kyle Shanahan offense, you're going to be blocking and catching. But the same goes for the wide receivers. Debo Samuel blocks downfield. It's not like um, if you look at Kansas City, uh, Travis Kelsey. I love him because he's on my fantasy team. But my God, is he an atrocious blocker. He just does not block. Watch him on on running plays or even plays when other guys get the ball uh, out of the screen, pass, or the flat. Uh, he's just not all that great of a blocker. He's, he puts in a minimal effort in blocking. It's actually quite embarrassing. He is a pure receiving tight end, pure receiving tight end. But... Um, but again, you'll have to go to the Dances with Wolves cast for more information on what Travis Kelsey's going to do um, in the Kansas City offense, especially going against New England. But uh, but back to the Niners. Uh, yeah, so to make a long story just a little bit longer, as I like to do <laughs> here on the Gold Cast, keep your eyes on Ross Dwelly. Keep your eyes on Brandon Ayuk. And on the defensive side, let's look to Eric Armstead. Let's have him have a big game this week. And let's also look at Jason Verrett. Let's see how he does in the backfield there. So let's see if he's able to to duplicate what he did this past Sunday because we saw a lot of good things out of him in coverage. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing those four players this Sunday. Excellent. I'm going to say this on defense. Uh, I like Jason Verrett. I'm with that. Who I want to see, I want to see more Javon Kinlaw. I want to mm. see, I think the guy I want you to keep your eye on is Javon Kinlaw. I really Okay, felt, nice pick. Right? I felt like last week was the first game he started to make he his flashed. presence felt. He flashed. He flashed. So let's let's keep an eye also on week four here. Let's keep an eye on Javon Kinlaw. Can he repeat his success and can he improve upon it? Right. That's, can that's, he build up on mm-hmm. that? Can he build on it? That's who I am going to add into this mix. On offense, I agree Brandon Ayuk, for sure. Can he can he match what he did last week and improve upon it? Generated 21 points in my fantasy team 
can he right. do that again? Can he generate 20 points in real life? Let's right. see if and that if happens. If Debo doesn't start, is he going to lead the team in receiving for a second week in a row? Exactly. So there's that's the Hard question. Hard to predict in a Kyle Shanahan offense, by the way. Not a fantasy-friendly offense. <laughs> no, not at all. Now, Raymond, who I'm going to add, it's a big wrinkle to the offense. Last week, I wanted to see if Nick Mullins could do his best impersonation of Jimmy Garoppolo. Not Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo. The Italian Stallion. Could he do it? And he did it. And I'm very proud of him. Thank you, Nick Mullins. I hope you do it again this week. But you're not who I want to keep an eye on. Who I want to keep an eye on, Raymond, is the offensive line. I thought the offensive line tightened up a lot last week. Nick Mullins could have be, was writing a book back there. He literally was texting his girlfriend while he was sitting there playing this game. Or his wife. I don't know yeah. if he's married. I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, I, think he's, I think he's married. I think Honey, he's married. check out this next play. Yeah, yeah. He was literally texting back there, taking selfies of himself. That's how long he had back there. I want to see the offensive line repeat that, and I expect that when Jimmy G returns because it was that lack of continuity, lack of consistency put us in this position, and I feel the offensive line really buckled down this last week, and I want to see them do it again this week. So pay attention to that offensive line for me. Me and Raymond both agree on Brendan Ayuk. Raymond also wants you to pay attention to Ross Dwelly. On the defense, we both agree with Jason Verrett. Raymond, who was the who was the other person you wanted to see? Eric Armstead. I'm going to give him another shot. Eric Armstead. Let's see if he can make good on that big contract. And I want to see Javon Kinlaw. Can he step it up? And and he and see if he can make good on his number one draft choice for a the Niners this year. Absolutely. So Raymond, what's the final score? Is Vegas right six and a half point favorites, or do you take the over? What do you think happens in this game? I take the over here. I think this is a team that, once again, I think is just not really... Remember, this is a team that tied with the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals got a lot of weapons, but they're very young. They're undisciplined, and they're not even, they're not even gelling. Not even gelling. You got, you got a shell of an A.J. Green over there. You know, Tyler Boyd is really the number one over there. You have Joe Mixon, who has yet to live up to his big contract that he got. So they don't really have a consistent running bank, running game. The one thing they do have is a young, athletic, eager quarterback in Joe Burrow, who seems to be playing much better than his predecessor over there in Cincinnati. And so the 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 sky is high and bright if you're looking at Joe Burrow, but the team itself is just a little bit sloppy. So the fact that they gave trouble to Philadelphia gives me a lot of confidence in what the Niners are going to be able to do to them on Sunday at home, forcing Philadelphia to travel to them. That's a long trip for Philadelphia there. And I just think that uh, I just think there's too much complexity. They're going to go from a Cincinnati Bengals offense to a Kyle Shanahan offense. The plot, the, the, the contrast and complexity there is really stark in my opinion. So I think that that's going to give them a lot of trouble where they're going to, where they're going to survive. I think a little bit, is really in Carson Wentz's ability to run off script. He's more of an off script runner. I know they do a little bit of RPO and a little bit of read option over there too, but Carson Wentz is best when he's running off script, similar to how Kyler Murray operates or even a Josh Allen. Um, he's very good at that. So I do expect him to have a little bit of that, but I, and I expect this team offensively to do a little bit better because they're much better than the previous two teams we played. They're much more balanced relative to those other teams. Um, this is still a team that is subpar, so I expect this to be another dominating win, albeit a little bit closer in score. So I'm going to actually go with a 30-14 to 14 
score here, maybe even a 30 to 17 type of score. But either way, I believe we put up 30 or more points again, and I think the opponent is held under 20 points. That's pretty good. I'm going to go a little bit higher than you. I'm going to go into the realm of 32-21. I think this is going to be a 9-11 to 11 point game. Uh, I do agree with you. I take the Vegas over of 6.5. I think we're going to go higher than that. I think they'll start probably I – I could see them putting up 14 points on the board and then another another touchdown in garbage time. You get something in the last like three minutes. They pull something out of their butt, and you know when the game's already over. And yeah, I'm gonna say 32-21. And so that's it, folks. That's our preview for Week Four. Let's hope the 49ers can keep it together because after this is the Miami Dolphins, and after that, the Gauntlet Two, baby. And then the real for me, the real season begins. Uh, if we, if you want to know whether or not this 49ers team has the chance to make it back to the Super Bowl, you're going to know starting in week six of the Gauntlet 2. So we've got to get through the Eagles, and then we got on, then on to Miami, and then we're going to know what's what, baby. So here we go. Right. The goal is 5-1 and one by the time we hit the Gauntlet. That's the goal four here. 4-1. and, one. Is to be four and f- one. Uh, Sorry, to be in 4-1 mm-hmm. and one by the time we hit the Gauntlet. Yep. That's where this team needs to be. They need momentum and health riding into that six-game stretch. Yeah. If we can be 4-1 and one going into week six, Ray— and we, everyone's back? Let's go. Honestly, let's go. Arizona means nothing to me. It, it's whatever to me at that point. Uh, I'm still not a big believer. So, But that's 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 another conversation for later on in a, in a different podcast for us. Uh, so let us know in the comments. Go to YouTube.com slash The Goldcast and let us know what you think, the final score, and who's going to win in week four, the Eagles coming in to San Francisco. And so concludes another edition of the Goldcast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sister Third, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same Goldcast time, same Goldcast channel. Oh, by the way, I didn't tell them, Raymond. I didn't even tell them. Uh the reason uh the reason we're recording today is because uh, I'm about to go about to go shoot uh so a commercial. Go shoot that commercial, baby. So heavy is the crown of an actor. <laughs> so heavy. So and by the it. way, if you're looking for more hope, you know, more optimism in a week filled with optimism from the 49ers, guess who is still saving the day? Oh, yeah. As, as a former alumni member of San Francisco 49ers, Joe Montana saved his grandchild from a would-be kidnapper, his wife, Helped in too. Good support there. So Joe Montana, someone broke into his home. Uh, I think the, his home in Malibu. Yeah, I was here in L.A. Yeah, so the, the other home, he's got homes all over. He's got, he's got a house in the city. He's got a house in Malibu. I think he has another house in Napa. Tough life. Tough, tough, <laughs> life tough to be the GOAT. Championships. It's tough yes. to be the GOAT. Yes. So, again, someone broke into his house, tried to snatch his granddaughter. A woman broke into his house, tried to snatch his granddaughter. They pulled her away, called the cops. She got arrested. So, bravo to Joe Montana and is it Jennifer? Joe and Jennifer? I think it's Joe and Jennifer. Jennifer Montana in stopping the would-be kidnappers. doesn't matter how old Joe is. You cannot stop him. He is the comeback man for life. Try to steal my kid, I will come back and get my grandkid. Boom. The comeback king strikes again. Absolutely. The comeback he is one king. He's 1-0. 1-0 in, and o, one and o in uh, kidnapping attempts. 1-0. <laughs> <and o. laughs> 
Joe Montana is 1-0 in kidnapping attacks. Undefeated. The perfect stat. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so, Doesn't matter what it is. So here's the perfect stat. Now here's the new perfect stat. Four Super Bowl rings. Three MVPs. 11 touchdown passes. Zero losses. Zero interceptions. 1-0 in kidnapping attempts. <laughs> Bam. Bam. Not even Tom Rudy's, Brady could say that. Rudy's shooting a commercial, and Joe Montana is saving his grandkids. And there it is, folks. And so concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Cease III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis, the first baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. This is... This is the Gold Cast.